Let's ask the Lord's blessing. Dear Lord, we're very grateful for your presence in our lives through your word. Every opportunity, every circumstance we have to go after it, we'd ask that you would build us into what we ought to be for you. In your son's name, amen. Amen. John is different than the other Gospels. You get those stories in the Gospels that they match each other. You can see the same thing, the transfiguration, this, that, and the other thing. John is getting down to business. I was noticing this morning that by the time you get to John 7, it says, after this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him by chapter 7. Okay? And once you, once you get a, you might say, a GPS system of going through John, you begin to realize this is, this is a different kind of outlook on who Jesus is and what he's doing with the Jews. Because you get through, they're trying to kill him in chapter 7, so he's staying out of town. And then by the time he gets to chapter 8, uh, I have this on the left-hand side, and Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Oh, that's, you know, you got that in Sunday school. You know, draw crayon inside the lines of the candle, or if it was a accurate archaeologically, it would be a little oil lamp, and you were supposed to color it gold and make the flame, and because Jesus was the light of the world. These passages, these wonderful statements come out of John, but they're in the midst of a reality show that is really getting like a knife fight in a dark place. I mean, it's a, uh, by the time, they're trying to kill him in chapter 7, he gets some people to believe in him in chapter 8, in verse 31 of chapter 8, Jesus then said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. Turn the page, one thin page later, approximately 20, 30 verses later, same group of people, so they took up stones to throw at him. Same group, the ones who believed in him. He just talked to them a little bit longer. They wanted him dead. He didn't make friends well. He said things that made you think things differently. By the time you get to chapter 9, the same thing happens because the conversation goes through 9 into 10. Verse, chapter 10, verse 31, the Jews took up stones to, again to stone him. They're still trying to get him killed. Chapter 11 is the raising of Lazarus. And after he raises Lazarus, the Jews really get down to actually having meetings of how they're going to kill him. So it takes you right into the passion narrative out of Lazarus' raising. From John 7 on, it's going sideways. I mean, it's, people are trying to kill this guy. Now, with that in mind, with that as a background, 
I want you to be thinking of the end of chapter 8, verse 59. He says, so they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Our first verse today is, as he passed by, now if you just jumped into chapter 9, and you get this little verse of, as he passed by, you sort of see Jesus out for a stroll with his disciples, not Jesus sneaking out of the temple, avoiding being killed. So when it says, as he passed by, he's running from a lynch mob who are trying to stone him to death. And it's in the midst of that that the events of chapter 9 occur. Now, I remember I told you to be humming along. What was the hymn that Addison requested? At the cross. At the cross, where I first saw the light and burned my heart rolled away. Uh, it was there by faith. I received my sight. Well, this is what we're dealing with here this morning. So you can be humming that just to yourself, because I don't want to hear it. But... Uh, but it's an interest. John is about this crisis of man's reaction to their Messiah. He is about, not just about announcing what Jesus did and meant, but the crisis that it is. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, because they're sneaking off with him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Have you ever been in discussions like this? Where it's a false alternative given to you? Are you dispensational or covenantal? One of the two. No, there have got to be some other choices here, folks. What does that mean when somebody gives you two options? Well, as you know from this... Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned, or his parents. They gave him two options, Jesus said neither. <clears throat> what we're looking at this morning is the difference between following Jesus Christ and following a, the Christian religion as it is handed to us uh, in, um, in what we think are the available categories. There's nothing wrong with the concept that he may have sinned or God knew he was going to be a sinner so he was born blind uh, or his parents had sinned so he was born blind. I mean, it's a, you, know, you could see God striking someone blind. It, it's happened. But we're doing something else than creating a bunch of man-made categories that fit the, you might say, our, our Christian religious interests. Jesus says, but that the works of God might be made manifest in him. We must work the works of him who sent me. While it is day, night comes when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, it doesn't take a very scholarly Bible study student to be go, okay, all right, the day, he's the light, the day is passing, the night is coming, as long as I am in the world, I'm the light of the world. Okay, I got it now. Jesus is the light of the world. He's like the sun, 
and the sun's going to go down here soon, and then it's going to be night. So you got that so far. What we don't often spot And he says, the night comes when no one can work. I want you to remember that. The night comes when no one can work. But as long as Christ is in the situation, Christ gives us light. He is this light. Now this is all his setup. Guy born blind sitting there on the ground wondering what he's talking about. As he said this, he spat on the ground. I don't like this kind of miracle working. <laughs> spat on the ground, made clay from the spittle. I don't call it clay, I call it mud. Clay from the spittle and anointed the man's eyes with the clay. But he spat in the dirt and put the wet dirt in the guy's eyes. But it uses the word anointed, turned it to clay instead of mud, called it spittle. It, 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 I, don't, I don't think that's fair. I think he should have just left it the way it probably was. Saying to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Okay, so, so far, so good. Kind of as simple, straightforward. This is one of the unusual miracles of Jesus. Usually it takes a paragraph, lets you know about the lepers, the guy with the f demon, whatever else. And sometimes they, they really elaborate on the story. This is the whole chapter involves this guy. Because he's really interesting. You want it, this guy's from Idaho. Okay, he's, he's got that kind of Scots-Irish attitude not putting up with any nonsense. Um, but John relates the whole story, and he has probably interviewed this guy because he knows what ha has happened away from the disciples, away from the Christ. So Jesus Christ has healed this guy born blind because he says that the works of God may be made manifest in him. Now, when things happen, we were talking last night, uh, Andrew and Norman Lou were over and we were talking about how people avoid, seem to see things differently when they read them over the scripture. Uh, we talked about light at uh, Wine, Wisdom, and Song out of the creation of light in Genesis and how you start being thrown into words that require an interpretive meaning that you're not given immediately. You're starting having to think about what God is trying to do. How did he create light for the world before he created the sun? And how is he actually the light of the world himself? Um, how do we explain this? This is where religion comes in handy for you. It gives you official official uh, categories by which you could interpret these things. Not a healthy pra practice, but 
we want it because we want to know what the, the, the important people said about it. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. He's running away from the guys that are trying to kill him. On the way out, he spits in the dirt, heals this guy's eyes. The guy comes back, I can see. Everybody knows this. And the neighbors and those, verse 8, the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar said, is not this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, but he's like him. But this guy can see, so it's not him. He said, I'm the man. They said to him, then how can your eyes be open? He answered, the man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? I said, I don't know. It seems like the story is beginning to drag a little bit. We lost track of Jesus. The guy's just repeating the story. But you see how people are responding. No, it can't be him. Why can't it be him? Because I have a category for him. He can't see. He was born blind. He's an adult. He's been begging since he was a baby. We've always seen him here. When you talk about light, Jesus is claiming to be the light of your world. Not in the way you're going to sing, what was that awful song? You light up my life. Something like that. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? How can a boyfriend light up your life? Because I'm so happy. We're not asking Jesus to make us happy. He is the light of the world because manifestation of God to be made manifest, seeable, present, understandable. You have an encounter with God in the manifest situation. And Jesus Christ is healing this guy so that God will be manifest because he's the light of the world. That's when the, when the lights come on. We were talking also Friday night about the darkness plague uh, uh, in Egypt and how it was darkness you could feel. It was just fun. You've been in that kind of darkness where even if you had a flashlight, it just feebly tried to knock it back a little bit. Jesus Christ, we know what light does. Jesus Christ is the medium in which all things are manifest and understandable. You know when the light is different, when you don't see quite clearly, you know when it's foggy, you're not sure what's past 50 yards out. The light changes and changes how you illuminate the situation changes what will be manifest. When we don't see adequately, we're human beings. We want to understand our world, so we start making categories. Comfortable. This is the way it always is. If I drop this piece of paper, it will, what do you think? It'll do this, right? It'll, but it'll fall that way. It's not going that way. You're pretty sure, right? Because we've all got our categories figured out. He was born blind. It's not him. He can see. He looks like him, though. And what happens is, what God has done in this blind man's life, the guy goes, no, it was me. I could see now. This is what happened. I could see now. The guy spit in my eyes. 
I can see. As you follow Jesus Christ, you're going to see the world in a way vastly different than the world, in a surprisingly lucid way. You will not be so much more lucid that you will not make sense to them. They brought up to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. You can tell where this is going in the next bolded. Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay. Oh man, Jesus, don't you know the rules about clay? Spitting and stuff. It's just like if you just spit, it's not work, but if you made a brick, it's labor. It's the Sabbath. Pharisees are going to be in your business. The Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. Because then he said, I, the, the story was dying out in verse 12. I don't know where the guy is. I can see now. Ta-da! Let's all go home. Let's go home, have Sunday brunch. Uh, we don't have to go any further than this. Jesus healed a guy. But no, that's not the point. It's what people do when they encounter the light. They asked him again how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put clay in my eyes, and I washed, and I see. He's tidying up the story. He's getting a little tired, perhaps, of telling it. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. Oh my gosh. Have you ever sounded like that? you ever hear yourself? Have you ever listened to a recording of your voice? (laughs) <laughs> or seeing yourself on video, you're not all that, okay? I remember that awful moment. You sound so convinced you're right. They're trotting out their category of interpretation. We have the Sabbath over here, and we have everybody else over here, and he did that on the Sabbath, so he obviously is a bad man. Because he healed a a guy born blind on the Sabbath by making a brick out of spit. He can't be of God. This is where categories made up not by the light of the world, but made up by man, take us. We find ourselves withstanding God, and God is trying to be made manifest in the situation. Christ is the one who is the light of day. Now, I told you to remember that phrase. Night comes when no man can work. Pharisees are going, no, Sabbath comes where nobody can work. It's the Sabbath. Jesus says, no, it's the absence of the light that will keep you from working. We're not supposed to be even seeing it in the close to the same categories. The Sabbath rest we have in Christ from Hebrews, we still have. But it has to do with our belief and our faith, not a weekly calendar. Our not being able to work is in the absence of the light. We do work in the light. When we have the light, we're able to work. It's going to be measured in the light, of course, is Jesus Christ. He has replaced all the things like the Sabbath. He's replaced all that in the law that the Pharisees were being 
difficult to mount. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? There was a division among them. It does happen. People trying to figure out the categories they're working here, and some of the guys are going, I don't know, but a big miracle. Got to consider it. Because no, it violated the Sabbath. So they again said to the blind man, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. I'm, you, when you stop and say, where do you go for light? Where do you go to see things? What is the nature of sight? You have, <clears throat> you know you have eyes, right? Your vision is X amount of good. If it's not good, you can go to Clearview. If it is good, you're not just seeing, your eyes are not making stuff up. It's not a, it's not a, hallucin a hallucinatory uh, organ in the front of your face, inventing like your video game what you're seeing. Light waves are bouncing off of stuff and going into your eye and your eyes interpreting them and you're moving about correctly. So you got the real world, you got the light that is coming, the bouncing the light at you, and your interpretive elements. For us in our lives, this is supposed to be Christ. Light, sight, they're all metaphors. But it's how you see the world, if you want to think in those terms. Where do we go to see things? Do we go to Jesus Christ if he's our light and I can't do anything if he's gone because it's too dark to work? Is Christ, what he gives us and as we see the world, is it becoming a manifestation of God? I'm beginning to see God in my world. We were talking last night about non-believers who are always explaining away things that, in the Bible that they feel embarrassed by. You don't. You stop being embarrassed because you're starting to see God manifest. You know why? Why would you object to a miracle? This is the way the world should be seen. Once you have Jesus Christ being the light that bounces the signal of the world to you, you have the ability to apprehend this in the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ is defining what is happening for you. Isn't lucid from Luke's, right? Uh, anybody Latin here? Where's London? <coughs> Luke's lucid? That light is being, what we call it, enlightenment, right? You get enlightenment. You're illuminated. Jesus Christ being the illumination. Informs you what truly happened. What you truly needed to see. Now I've told you this before. But I need to tell you again. I used to. I don't wear sunglasses. Unless it's like painful or something. Or I really want to look cool. Because it, back when I was a teenager. I had sunglasses. And then I realized. Oh man, it's not really cloudy. Because I, I wore sunglasses so it would look cloudy. So it would look like a dark day, because I like dark days. And then I'd take them off and go, oh, it's a bright sunny day. 
I was so disappointed, I decided I'm not wearing sunglasses ever again. It's too fake. It's like Disneyland. I don't want fake, fake entertainments. But when we see things through the light of Jesus Christ, we are seeing them most accurately. You see this man born blind. His profession to this point has been sitting blindly asking people for charity. Begging. This is his job. And they say, what, what do you think of this guy? He said, he's a prophet. You don't, you're going to like this guy. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. I mean, they're checking up on this guy. And asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know. Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess him to be the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, he is of age, ask him. This is what happens. You have people that have categories of sight, ways they've interpreted the vague signal they see around them, how they understand life to be. They are generally wrong. They may be partially right, but they're generally wrong. So when the person who sees the world through the light of Christ comes along, they're going to be manifestly changed. They are going to be disruptively changed in a confidence-giving way, where the person goes, oh, look, I'll just say, I know, I've been living for 40 years, and I haven't seen a thing, and now I see things. Because this guy, who is obviously a prophet, it's amazing how you get a beggar who can now see to take on the Pharisees. His parents didn't get the gift. His parents were not changed. They just know, yeah, it's our kid. Yeah, you can see. No, we don't know anything. Leave us alone. But the guys with the categories, with the claim of sight, saying this does not fit. This does not fit. It can't happen. Don't you know about whatever natural law that has been violated? So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, okay, Okay, we have to admit you were blind. We have to admit you can now see. So these are the new categories. Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. <laughs> that's, how they, that's how they dealt with uh, the, the, the one group that said, well, it's a pretty big miracle. Okay, give God the praise for the miracle, but we're not going to give up on this guy breaking the Sabbath. So he's a sinner. So let's give praise to God. We've got new categories here. We're going to rearrange the world. Because people who are in the business of creating their own religious categories to explain the world will keep having to invent new ones. He answered, because he was Scots-Irish, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. So shut the heck up. That's not actually in there. But the attitude is clearly in there. 
one thing he knows, and this is what just wants you to think about Jesus Christ in the chorus from the hymn. Have you been given your sight? Do you see the world the way Jesus has given it to you to see? Are you having God made manifest to you? If, if not, maybe you were just joining the category creators. I mean, a lot of people joined the Pharisees. They had a very tight system. They had a good, probably a well-written systematic theology. And you step into some sort of roles, and everything the Pharisees said wasn't wrong. It's just that they were building it by their own light, not by the light of Jesus Christ. And when God was manifest in Christ, they're starting to want to kill this guy. They're chasing him around the landscape. And he's healing people on the run on the Sabbath. It's not a surprise that a person who has wonderfully been given his sight would see this. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? This is where he gets a little bit. Um, do you too want to become his disciples? Neener, neener. I imagine you guys are pretty impressed. I can see. You don't like it that I can see. You don't like that you have to explain it, and you don't have any way to explain it. They reviled him, saying, because this is what happens. When man chooses to create categories of his religion that he wants you to live in, he, it really is about him. It's really about you finding, just like a non-believer who wants to go follow his lusts, the religious unbeliever wants to follow his categories. And they will get, they'll get mean. They won't be able to answer in sweet. When the lights come on, you got, I got a friendly, confident ex-blind guy who's razzing people. They reviled him saying, you are his disciple. But we're disciples of Moses. I mean, that sounds so high school. We're disciples. Yeah, we're, this. We're, we're, the, we're the true group. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we don't know where he comes from. The man answered, why? This is a marvel. You can almost, it's dripping at this point. This is a marvel. Do you... You do not know where he comes from. And yet, he opened my eyes. What are you doing with your free time? Why don't you understand what's happening here? I couldn't say I can see, and you don't know. You think you not knowing where he comes from is reason for me to go, oh, forget about it, I don't need to see, really. I'll be back on your side again. I'll follow Moses. You guys can't explain what's going on. When God gets manifest... Certain people don't see. You gotta get used to that. This is this is the gospel was for every man, isn't heard by every man. We know. Now this is a guy, remember, sitting on the side of the road, begging for his income all his born days. He has been able to see for a day. He's developed an attitude. He's also developed a theology. 
Because you will. If you've been changed by Jesus Christ, if the lights have come on for you, Christ is defining your world. You look at something, you go, how does Christ see that? You look at the scriptures, you look at uh, the gospels, you define your world by Jesus Christ. You will have a theology. It might be informal. But look at him arguing. We know, verse 31, that God does not listen to sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. It's out of Psalm 34, quoted in Peter. That his ears are open to the prayers of the righteous. He is not open to the prayers of the unrighteous. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. He's got a theology. He's got a theology of benefit. He knows what it's like to see having been blind. They just know they can't explain it. And he's not making it pretty. And they answered him, you were born in utter sin. You got a plate in your head. And would you teach us? And they cast him out. Your thoughts in Christ become lucid. You know what you're looking. Oh, it's a, it's a forest. Before I could only see individual trees. Now we see it's a forest. Or, oh yeah, she's a blonde. I didn't really think of that. You're finally seeing things the way they are. The way God made the world. Not the way you were handed a category. Well, it can't be that. That doesn't follow the laws of nature. Or it can't be that. Doesn't follow the Sabbath. Or it can't be that. Doesn't do this, that, and the other thing. Jesus says, I have been made manifest to you. You will see the work of God. And that makes you, a the- you become a theologian, a confident theologian, part of you, probably a smart aleck theologian, and you'll probably have to say you're sorry at some point for being smart alecky, but I can understand it. But believe me, the category people aren't giving up. They're going to put you in the category, you're an utter sinner. We don't think we have to listen to you. You think I have to listen to you? You think you're going to teach us? We're followers of Moses. And they throw him out. Being cast out of the synagogue is what his parents had feared. They control things. Believe me, the world is written by the people with the categories. But you get to be a blind person that can see. That had been blind, and now you see. Doesn't matter that we don't get accepted into all the halls of power of all the categories of political or religious. Doesn't matter. You can see. You have had God made manifest to you. You're beginning to understand the world in which you walk. And what I love is this next verse, verse 35. Jesus heard that they'd cast him out. Because I think Jesus likes this guy. And having found him, Jesus went looking for him. This guy didn't know where Jesus was. Jesus hears that his life's been hit up. I mean, I've been blind, that's pretty rough. Now I'm healed, everything is good. He got cast out of the synagogue by the Pharisees. Jesus says, I'm going to go looking for this guy. The Lord doesn't just expect to be sought. Those who, you might say, have been illuminated 
who have been given their sight, he also has a desire to find them. And said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? The guy's got nothing. He was able to counter his theology of being able to see, countered the Pharisees' arguments against him, but he still didn't know. He didn't know what had really happened to him. He was a prophet. That's my guess. But Jesus comes looking for him with more information, more to see. Do you believe? I don't even know who it would be that I would believe in. And Jesus said to him, you have seen him. Kind of a cheap shot. You have seen him, and it is he who speaks to you. This is the Son of Man. That gives us a sense where this phrase, Son of Man, was more powerful than just, oh, it's a human being, like the one in Daniel, one like the Son of Man, um, standing at the right hand of the Ancient of Days. They were expecting the Son of Man. And he said, Lord, I believe. When you get to see, you get used to seeing more of what God's illumination in Christ is going to bring you. You're going to have less trouble with little doubts or whatever because you have started to see where you were blind. Defined not by your religious group, not by the all souls explanation of how to get around that problem. But you've been given your sight. And when more is announced to you, you joyfully take that in as well. Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Now this last bit is where Christ defines what he was doing. Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may become blind. Out! What? Well, how does that change what's going on? If you're busy faking seeing because you think it's important to see, you're just going to get blind. Once you realize you can't see, once you realize you don't understand, once you bow the knee to Jesus Christ, he's going to open your eyes, you're going to see. You go to him for sight. There are a lot of people that offer you fake descriptions of what's going on, whether they're secular materialists or, or Christians of whatever stamp. They just get more blind. And when you have had it happen, when your li life is changed by coming to a, a person with vision, you don't have any problem dropping to your knees and worshiping him. You can see, for heaven's sake. You've had something restored to you that you've, or given to you you've never had before. They were posting those videos online all the time, a little baby getting a cochlear implant and hearing for the first time, and all the women weep because the baby is so thrilled. You see those. You ever see that one? This is off topic. Of a father of three given the gift of silence for the first time. 
five minutes of silence in his household. He starts to creep. It's supposed to be funny. It was insulting to children. Um, Christ came in to make this judgment. He didn't come, when he comes seeking man, when we seek God and find him, we promise that we'll find him, we find the good. When he seeks us, for judgment I came into this world, there are some options here. Heal you of your blindness or strike you blind. I know it's not the Jesus of the Bible storybooks. Heal you of blindness, that one we like. Strike you blind because you think you can see. And some of the Pharisees near him heard this. Of course they did. And they said to him, are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, Skippy, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Parse that out for yourself. What is it you're claiming when you say we see? And it's not just, oh dear, I thought I saw and I don't. It is culpable blindness. If you were blind, all men are blind. They need the Lord. They need to be able to see the world around them by God's definition of things or things as they are. But if you think you see, you had to actually convince yourself that you were able to create sufficient categories to describe your world without Christ. You're not just guilty, you're not just blind, you're guilty of blindness. Your sin remains, your guilt remains, because you haven't realized you don't see. You want to go back and say, has God been manifest in my life? Have I been tempted to really be a little too confident in my discussions with smarter theologians than myself? Because I know what's happened to me. If you know what's happened to you, is that the thrill of what's happened to you? Can you see when they can't? Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're very grateful <coughs> that we can see. We're grateful that it is in your Son, that he is the light of our lives, and that we define our world by how he describes it to us. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. <coughs>